Hey, this is Ashlyn, former co-host of the Top 10 Recovery Podcast, The Betrayed, The Addicted, and The Expert. I have had my challenges, but I am also living proof that joy is possible, even when life does not go as planned. I'm excited to share with you real examples of living a life full of adventure, true healing, and freedom, no matter how messy life gets. Each episode, I will introduce you to someone I love and respect to talk about ways to be the buffalo and to face your storms in different areas of life. How we can become sexually powerful. And I have Dr. Tara here with me. And let me just tell you a little bit about her because I follow her on social media. And so to have her here is kind of fun um, because it's a little peek behind the scenes of, of what I get to watch. But she is a tenured professor of relational and sexual communication at California State University Fullerton and an award-winning researcher, a relationship coach at Love Bites, and a podcast host of Love Bites by Dr. Tara. And she recently gave a TED Talk uh, titled Become Sexually Powerful that highlights her 5,000 participant study examining variables that predict sexual satisfaction and her journey from a sexually anxious girl from Thailand to a sexually confident woman. So can I just say that last line? I'm like, Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> uh, can we all please stand up if we can relate in some way? So that's why we're here. <laughs> and so I just, I would love to hear how you went from anxious to where you are today. We, you, I mean, you said, I don't have a filter. I just share and you are sharing so that you help others become powerful. Yes. 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 Thank you so much for having me here, Ashlyn. Uh, it's an honor to be here. And I, it's an honor to talk about my journey from being sexually anxious to sexually confident on your podcast. So I want to start uh, a little bit from my very origin. <laughs> it's the origin story, but my very beginning, which is uh, growing up in Thailand and in a sexually conservative environment. So growing up uh, in Thailand, I was surrounded by, you know, a lot of uh, sex images. And if anyone has ever heard about Thailand and, you know, sex tourism and all of that, then you kind of have heard about all that, all those things. But when in fact, like in our fabric of culture, uh, sex is really very much not talked about. And um, typically like on TV, movies um the woman that is sexually active is typically seen as a loose woman or an unworthy woman a non-girlfriend material wife material Mm -hmm. woman right it's typically like a dirty girl like a non-maritable uh and then there's the the nice girl the uh, the virgin the shy the submissive girl right who's who's the main character uh and you know growing up like watching that uh in thailand but from my knowledge of reading uh analysis of movie analysis in the u.s and also from my friends telling me it's kind of the same narrative Mm -hmm. right would you say 100 percent yes yeah, so I grew up in that and like my parents never talked about sex. Uh, my school didn't have sex ed. Mm-hmm. So there's literally no conversations about sex whatsoever. So when I hit puberty and start having sexual feelings, uh, there's no one to turn to mm. except for, and you guess what? Porn? Porn. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Except for porn. So I, I, you know, being like 12 or 13 with dial-up internet, looking up porn stuff, it's it's uh, p- pretty scarring. Would you say yeah. so? As an adult oh, yeah. now, we're like, whatever. But when we were kids, it was like, whoa, is this real? Like, I didn't even think that. I thought it was real. Uh, right. So that was like mm-hmm. my introduction to all of this was from very unrealistic, very toxic, uh, you know, knowledge of sex. And then fast forward to my early 20s, I was actively dating, but never had a, uh, an orgasm, never uh, had, I would say never had a fulfilling connection and intimacy with a person. Um, I was I came to the U.S. for graduate studies, uh, and I was studying human communication and specifically relational communication, so communication within a relationship. And in this journey, I had learned quite a few things. Uh, One, I was studying under really inspiring professors that talked about, you know, attachment style, Mm -hmm. that talked about affection exchange theory, right? So it was so inspiring to know, like, there's all these theories and research out there that explains uh, my life, my experiences, and millions of other people. So that inspired me to do more research and to become a professor. But also when I moved to the US, I first came to Los Angeles and it was very sexually liberal comparing to Thailand. Uh, I remember, you know, my friend um, in school like took me to a sex shop the first time and helped me buy my first dildo. <laughs> You know, like that was oh, all of that. I was like, hey, welcome to America. Here it is. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to America. That's what we do. <laughs> it is what we do. And then I was also watching a lot of Sex in the City. Okay. And I remember vividly uh, watching Samantha Jones and was like, wow, damn, this woman is awesome. Right. She's unapologetic. She's yes. confident. She's successful. Uh, Breadwinner. So I'm like, just Wow. I want to become more like this person. I know it's a fictional character, but like it was so inspiring that I was like, I want to become more like this person. So as I pursue my PhD and I finished my PhD, I uh, landed my dream job as a professor at Cal State University Fullerton. And here I get to teach relational communication and sexual communication and help Uh, my students learn all of these really important things and to have it in their relational toolkit, you know, before they go out in the world. I mean, they're all already dating, most of them. Uh, But, you know, before they go out in the world and be an adult that Mm -hmm. are expected to be functioning well in a relationship and are expected to know how to have sex, how to talk about sex, like because we had nothing, right? No education about it. And then we hit... 20 something or 30 something we get married and then we're expected to just be good at whatever just figure it out (laughs) with no tools yeah so I love teaching this class because I know it gives my students these tools to have healthy and happy relationships in the future Mm. that is fascinating and I love hearing the difference of being raised outside of the U.S. and then coming here and seeing, yeah. I, I mean, virtually, well, especially Los Angeles. Yeah. I mean, we have a lot of the same issues, even though maybe some of us were talked about or educated about sex, it still wasn't enough. And no, not at all. Yeah. So I would say, um, things are changing now, right? We have more people like you and more education as parents. I'm a parent and I can 
do things differently for my own kids. I can do things differently for me. And so, I mean, this conversation, me, what, four years ago would be like, no way am I having this conversation (laughs) on the internet. Um, But here I am because having conversations like this can help others, right? That's what they did for me was bring my own eyes out of like this narrow-minded, this is the way it is. It's, it's black or it's white. And then realizing there's more to the story here. And 100%, 100%. And I love that you said that, you know, just four years ago, you wouldn't <laughs> have this conversation. And now, uh, and you have a kid, right? Like, so sex two talks kids. and yeah. all, yeah, sex talks and all of that, they're coming up. Yeah. <laughs> and- oh, they ask all the questions and there are things I wouldn't have ever asked. I mean, I never asked questions about sex as a kid because it just, we did not talk about it. Right. And our parents' generation were so different. It was very, like, very much shoo-shoo, right? Versus, yes. I feel like our generation, you know, being in 30s, 40s, uh, were quite a lot more open, even though not as open as Gen Z, I would say, uh, about sex, right? Yes. My students are very open um, about sex. And so it shows me that it's going to the sex positive uh, mm-hmm. realm. And I like that. I like yes. hopeful, uh, positive future. Yes. And can <laughs> I was going to just... say when you said, oh. yeah, yeah, when you said uh, the two kids, uh, I'm actually currently conducting research on family sex communication. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm looking forward to retrieving this data, analyze it and write up a little um, guide oh, for good. young parents to have sex uh, and have sex, have a talk <laughs> about. <laughs> oh, we're going to have Both, sex while yeah. also teaching. <laughs> and talk about sex to your kids. Yes. And, and it's needed because it's those, those unfamiliar and we're maybe uncomfortable and we don't know where to do it. I go to books. I have resources yeah. because I'm like, I don't have the right words. I'm not the expert, <laughs> but I do know it's important to talk about. I have to say, so my parents may not have, you know, that generation, we just didn't talk about those things, but my youngest daughter, um, I think it was two, two summers ago, she, we were all sitting in hammocks up at Sundance and my mom's there and my two kids and my former husband just sitting around talking. And she brought up a, a very, uh, risque topic, sex toys. And my mom, it was the most beautiful moment for me to see her share with her granddaughter, how beautiful and healthy sex can be with your partner. You know, it was just, my mom has come so far by me being okay. Talking about it with her and publicly, she has been like, okay, and me too, I can do this too. And it's really been beautiful. So yes, we can be, we can change our mind. We can do better. All of us. Yes. We can totally change. Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned, um, you're helping people find the the healthier versions of their sexuality. Um, what are some of the really, the, um, the reasons that we can feel, uh, maybe dissatisfied with our sexual health or sexuality in general? Yeah, so there could be so many reasons, but I'm going to base this off of the literature, so the body of research on sexual dissatisfaction. Mm -hmm. And um, for an individual, the first predictor of sexual dissatisfaction, and that's just an individual, so like within themselves, the first thing is uh, negative body image. Okay. Yeah, negative body image plays a huge role in how you feel about yourself sexually, right? How you feel about yourself naked. 
mm-hmm. uh, how you show up and present yourself um, authentically when you have no clothes on, right? So when you have a very negative self-image and body image, you can't show up fully and authentically during a sexual encounter. So that's the first predictor of dissatisfaction. Next is lack of confidence. And this could be like confidence in like carrying yourself, like in confidence in skills, confidence Mm -hmm. in lack of experience. Uh, It could also be lack of confidence in communicating about sex, so just lack of confidence in general. And then lastly is not experiencing pleasure or not knowing Mm -hmm. how to experience pleasure, which is very much tied to you haven't explored your own body. Right. A lot of young women, really like girls, right? You turned maybe 16, 17, 18, and you're very sexually curious. Uh, according to statistics, you already had sex at 16, mm-hmm. right? So statistically speaking, in the United States, by 16, you have had your sexual debut. We don't mm-hmm. use the word losing the virginity anymore uh, in the sexuality like research. Yeah, because losing your virginity is negative, right? Yes. It's like now you're dirty and yeah. like you're not a virgin. You're you don't dirty. have that gift. <laughs> no, exactly. So now we use the word sexual debut. I like that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yeah. use that with my girls. Thank you. Please do. <laughs> please do. Yeah. So when, when people have their sexual debut, uh, the majority of the people would say it was not memorable. Ah. Like it wasn't good. It was mediocre right? Very small number of people would say it was good. And a lot of that was because uh, going into this first partnered sex, they didn't explore their bodies. Yeah. They didn't pleasure map. Like they don't understand anything about their bodies. They, a lot of uh, my students have never seen their genitals. Like female, mm-hmm. my female students have never like put the mirror there and looked at their genitals, right? So they don't know their bodies. Maybe some of them have never masturbated. So I have no idea uh, what is what. So lack, this lack of self-knowledge, especially when it comes to bodily things, mm-hmm. uh, it stops you from having satisfaction in a sexual encounter. Yeah. Can I, have, can I ask a question on that? For sure. um, because I very much identify with that, all of that um, coming from where I am from. It was don't look and don't touch for sure. And mm-hmm. definitely save yourself for marriage. So I did those things. <laughs> and then yeah. I got married and was like, <laughs> what in the actual, what do I do with this? I don't, this isn't enjoyable. And my belief really was that men could enjoy sex more than a woman. Mm-hmm. And that's not true for me now at right. all. <laughs> at all. It's it maybe the opposite. Um, <laughs> so, so my question is this, um, uh, and maybe this is in your research or not, or the research do do you find it that men in general explore and understand their bodies better than a woman does? Hell yeah. Okay, good. Cause I'm all, yeah. I feel like it's easier for them. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, also because their sexual organ is not as complicated as ours. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like we have a lot of parts going on. Right. And I mean, even a lot of people are still using the wrong terms because we were just never mm-hmm. taught it. A lot of my students say vagina as in the whole thing. I'm like, no, it's the vulva is the whole yes. thing. Right. They, they say vagina as in the whole thing. So like, we don't even say the right words to begin with. And like for men, like for boys, when they were young, uh, when they're curious, they get an erection. Right. And then, oh, let me just rub my erection and bam, like yeah. I had satisfaction. 
<laughs> it's a pretty simple system. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so in a way, you know, the universe has blessed them with a uh, simple system. However, like you said, and I love that you said that, that you do enjoy pleasure because women can have multiple ways they can enjoy sex, right? And not just through penetration. Like yes. there's various spots on the body in which you can orgasm or have really intense pleasure, right? The nipples, the back of the neck, and then just like the, uh, the clitoris and then the inside. So there's many various <laughs> ways we can enjoy pleasure and multiple times. So if, if females, if young, if girls uh, were taught that, let's say in high school or first year in college, for example, then they would know more about their bodies. Mm -hmm. They would, number one, use the right terms. Number two, not afraid to explore their own body. Like it's your own body. You're allowed to touch it, right? But not according to some uh, mm -hmm. organized groups of people. You cannot. Yes. So yeah, that self-knowledge is huge. And the reason why uh, girls and young women think they don't like sex or that they don't have, a, they can't have pleasure from sex is most likely because they don't know their bodies. Yes. And that was my experience. Here's some TMI of really feeling like it wasn't fair. Like it's right. so much easier for a man. It's just, you know, every time they can enjoy it. Whereas me, it takes work or I don't understand enough how to actually orgasm. Now I look at it and I think it's not fair for you as a man, because it's great yeah. over here. And I'm really sorry about that for you, <laughs> but, um, and but I know my body now. Yes. And that's the huge factor, right? Yes. So I just, I want to pause right here. And just for those listening, if you are in a spot where you are not satisfied with your sexual health and what is happening within your relationship, or if you're single and sexually active, be curious, do something about it and mm -hmm. go to people like Dr. Tara, who are educating and helping us feel that sexual goddess or sexual yes. God. I don't know what we call the men, <laughs> um, but we all deserve that. Even yeah. if we've had the trauma, you know, that many of us have experienced or whatever, mm -hmm. like you said, these are, this is our body and mm -hmm. our pleasure. And I think it can be found for everyone at, at you know, even if they are deep inside of my age bracket mm -hmm. of 50 plus 60 plus go explore, figure it out. I have women and I don't know if you get similar messages, but because I do those, um, anonymous Q and A's who. Mm -hmm. have been married 20 plus years and never had an orgasm mm -hmm. quite common. Yes. Statistically and, speaking. Right. And so it just, it blows my mind. I was, I was in that for a period of time, but mm -hmm. that they're coming forward and saying, okay, I need to take ownership of my own pleasure. Yes. And in turn it share that with my partner. So I love yes, that. sister. <laughs> <laughs> Snap to you. I mean, like seriously, a lot of it is is self. A lot of mm -hmm. it is the self. Uh, I always say, and I said this in my TED talk too, is uh, sexual pleasure. It's seventy percent yourself, thirty percent your mm -hmm. partner. Wow. Yeah. Because even if your partner is a sex god or goddess and you're very insecure, you don't like your body, you've never explored, you don't know what pleasure feels like, uh, you're never going to have satisfaction uh, sexually, sadly, right? Like we need to explore and have the knowledge in order to experience all these great things. So it's worth it to put in the work. 
Yeah. 70%. I mean, that's, (laughs) that's a big factor. Yes. Yes. Your brain is the biggest sex organ. Like how do you train it? Right. Do you do sexual meditation? You Mm -hmm. do sexual journaling, right? All of these are just methods of training your brain. Uh, If you've never been in touch with yourself sexually, it's going to be really hard to just all of a sudden have a partner and are, you're expected to just have amazing like climax. Like that's just not going to happen. It's, it's the truth. Yeah. I've been there. (laughs) I was there there too. (laughs) Good. I'm not alone. Um, No, millions of women, uh, were there still there. Yes. Yes. So, okay. So what are maybe your top three things that individuals or couples could do to change that for themselves? Yes. I love this question because it's like, okay, now what can we do? Mm -hmm. Right. And I, I have to like prime this, like, what can we do with first, you have to have a growth mindset, even Mm. before going into the three things you can do, right? Uh, First, you have to have a growth mindset, meaning for those of you that are listening, right, you're already listening to Ashlyn and, you know, her journey, and uh, also her journey now receiving pleasure and owning it and loving it, right? So first, you have to understand you can change. Yes. <laughs> like change is 100% possible in, in most aspects of life, including sex and your own uh, sexual uh, embodiment. So mm-hmm. you can change. So first you have to believe that. And then when you do these activities that I'm going to talk about, it's more impactful. Okay. If you, if you go into these activities thinking, oh, like whatever, these are not going to work or like, I don't think this is going to work, but whatever, I'm going to try. Like if you go into something with that attitude, it's not going to work. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's with everything. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Same with exercise, same Mm -hmm. with communication with your partner, same with eating. Right. So uh, now the three things uh, you really should do <laughs> uh, to uh, experience more sexual pleasure in your life. Number one is sexual mindfulness activities. I Next, love this. Can you explain a little bit of it? Cause I'm sure people are like, wait, what? <laughs> yes. So uh, number one, sexual mindfulness activities, including things like sexual meditation, right? Do you meditate? Yes, I do. Yes. So instead of regular meditation, which could be focusing on calmness, positivity, focus, sleep, right? This is focusing on sex. So there are like guided meditations Mm -hmm. out there that focus on sex and on like couple partnership, passion, right? Mine included, if you look up on YouTube. (laughs) Uh, So there's all these uh, sexual guided meditations that are out there. I highly recommend uh, everyone try this sexual meditation. I'm a huge fan. Uh, Two years ago, I did not, I meditated. I I mean, I meditated every day before that, but it wasn't sexual meditation. Mm -hmm. Two years ago, I started doing sexual meditations and wow, changed my life. Personally speaking, uh, I can induce my sexual pleasure. I induce my own orgasm uh, quite easily through practice, mm-hmm. right? Practicing the contractions, like the Kegels and doing these like breath work in the sexual meditations. Uh, I love them. Uh, not only that they work through, you know, just people like us talking about it. There's lots of research, experimental research, for example, like from a lab of Dr. Lori Brado, she uh, have, I think 30, 40 women enroll in this like sexual meditation program. 
and they were doing like sexual mindfulness activities and they were measured their sexual desire and arousal before and after and mm. afterwards yeah they felt significantly uh, more sexual like they felt how they have higher sexual desire they felt like they can get aroused easier so there's there's proof yes and i'm going to give you my tmi proof please because i just started doing this please do and it's probably from following you and um i have seen your youtube listen to um but it was the most connected i felt to myself in that realm ever and I was like, everyone needs this. Why have I never done this? I'm 40, <laughs> almost two years old. Why didn't someone yeah. tell me? Oh my gosh. Uh, funny you said that. I have, one of my clients is 45 and uh, her first time with me was first time doing sexual meditation and first time ordering a vibrator. Oh, wow. At 45. Wow. Mm-hmm. Never too late. Yeah. <laughs> never too late. <laughs> okay. Uh, thanks that. for sharing that. Yes. So number two would be uh, sexual confidence. So doing something to enhance your sexual confidence. One of my favorites, and this is uh, an activity pulled from lots of research in positive psychology, which is uh, sexual affirmations. Mm. Yes. In the morning, right? Like just insert it into your morning routine. You're brushing your teeth in the bathroom and I'm doing this. (laughs) I'm brushing your teeth in the bathroom. (laughs) Look in the mirror and say, I am a sexual being. Mm. Look in the mirror and say, I am sexy. Right? Like, can you authentically look at yourself and say that? And if at the beginning it feels awkward, it is completely normal. Of course, it's freaking awkward. You're looking at yourself and you're saying, you're sexy. You're so sexy, right? Like, of course, it's awkward. But it's going to be awkward and funny like a few times. And then after maybe a week or two, you start really feeling it. And that's basic positive psychology. It works. So that's one of my favorite things to do is in the mirror in the morning. After I brush my teeth, I look at myself and I say, you're a beautiful sexual being. I love it. And that's simple and doable. And like you said, it's going to be goofy in the beginning, but Hey, I think we can all try that one. Yeah. But it's kind of fun Yeah, too. It's a, you giggle and you look at yourself and you giggle, like, what am I doing? But it's fun and and the positive thing to do. Okay. And then lastly is sexual communication. So more specifically for those that are, uh, Uh, that have partners, you have to talk about sex. If you don't ever talk about sex one day, it's going to explode. This was me. It's going to be. Yeah, exactly. I mean, same, you know, when we talk about the Buffalo moment, we can talk about this, but if you don't ever talk about sex, when small, small issues arise, Mm -hmm. it will just fill into this uh, sex issue jar and it, you, you fill it, you fill it, you fill it, you fill it. And one day the jar breaks because there's to- too many little sexual issues. Oh, that's a really good visual too, because that's mm-hmm. really what it was and for me, but also so many of the women I work with, it's just don't talk about it, but resent the crap out of your partner and maybe feel anger towards self. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's just so much mixed into it. And so the communication I think is gigantic. And that's, I mean, following someone like you listening to the podcast, um, participating in a Q and a, you do Q and A's too. I do. Um, but like, what I love is when people will say, I love when you do Q and A's because I get my partner and we go through the questions together. And I'm like, yes, yeah. this is, this is how easy it can be. It doesn't have to be this really awkward 
let's talk about <laughs> sex. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you said it doesn't have to be awkward, like robotic. Like, yes, sex. Let's talk about sex. Uh, it's not at all, right? Like, of course, you have to be able to approach it uh, playfully, like in a playful yes. mindset. And just like, hey, there's uh, this person on Instagram and she asked these questions. Want to do it together? Yeah. And kind of just go from there. Yes. Okay. But you so- have to be able to talk about it or else it's too, it's, I don't want to say it's too late, but it will be very difficult. Let's say you've been dating for five years or 10 years and you never talk about sex. You don't have that in your relationship toolkit, the repertoire. You don't have it. Therefore, it's going to be very difficult bringing it up. But so you- what would you recommend if that, I mean, that's probably a lot of listeners where they're at is it's like, we've gone too far down that road. The jar is overflowing. Now what? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Great question. Now what? <laughs> My favorite question at research conference. They always ask, now what? Now that you found these things, now what? <laughs> so two, two ways to go about this. Uh, and it's your choice, which one you want to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, first is see if you can see a uh, couple's therapist okay. or a coach. Because sometimes you've had these issues and resentment for a long time. It's going to be hard to uh, break down the issues mm-hmm. and have a, an objective, productive conversation. Yes. So this is where therapists and coaches are very valuable because they're like a third person that mediates mm-hmm. this meeting. Yeah. Right. They're not emotionally invested and can say, Hey, maybe no. have eyes to see their side. Da, 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 da. Yes. Right. I agree. And they're not biased. So yeah, it's really hard if you've been together, let's say like 20 years and you never talked about sex and now you want to hash the issue, then it's uh, easier to go that route, I would say. But let's say you're, you're saying, what's the other route, <laughs> right? The <laughs> other route is self-healing through get gradual changes okay and this will be slow so it's it's two as you can see it's like two approaches they're, they're different yes it's going to a sec a therapist or a coach then you hash it out kind of right away right so what's the issue and then you talk about it uh self-healing through like gradual changes can mean a few things for example one maybe you mention small little sex things that are not high stake throughout like the week right? Like, uh, perhaps you can bring out, oh, I watched uh, the other movie, and then I saw them try this, I kind of want to try this, what do you think, right? Or um, I miss you touching me. Mm. Like, I just want you to touch me, like, even when we don't have sex in a non-sexual way, I just want to be touched, right? Like, little, like, little things that are not high stake yet. So like, you Mm -hmm. don't go in saying like, why do I have to go down on you all the time? Right. Instead of yeah. that, and maybe small, gradual, little changes. First, talk about sex in like non-threatening, small stake way, and then start having sexy check-ins. This is where yes. you have the conversation. <laughs> so what's a sexy check-in? A sexy check-in is a regular check-in uh, with your partner about your sex life, like uh, individually and together. Uh, for example, my partner and I, what we do is monthly, I'll just ask, uh, maybe on a date night, I'll say, hey, so for this last month, um, how'd you feel about our sex life, right? 
and maybe you know but we have this in our repertoire right because mm-hmm. i started this relationship talking about it so maybe sometimes people say well you know this month i broke my hand and my work was really stressful so i would say from my part it was like a 6.5 mm. you know that i listen attentively and i understand like hey you know what like i share uh, empathetic response like hey I completely understand your hand was hurt. You were taking some painkillers and, you know, there's a lot of things impeding focused, pleasurable mm-hmm. moments. So that's okay, right? It's like the ability to bounce back and be agile in a relationship that's meaningful to me. So I says, okay, that's okay. Uh, how can I help you feel 7.5? <laughs> Just one I point higher. That. Like how can I, what can I do? We're in a partnership. What can I do to make it a 7.5, right? And maybe he's like, well, maybe you can go down on me on a Sunday, for example, right? Then I'll ask like, yeah, for what you need. You know what? If, yes, communicate, right? Teach your partner how to treat you. So if that's what you need, ask for what you need and ask and you shall receive. So that's kind of the repertoire, like the situation we have going on. And I highly recommend people use sexy check-ins. Uh, and if you've never done it, I know it will be awkward. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you, the listener, you are the person who is courageous and you will initiate this conversation. Someone has to. Yes. And do you know what's crazy is we didn't do um, sexy check-ins in my marriage, my previous marriage. Um, and I, I mean, we had our own stuff, right? We both were coming in at different angles, but I know from experience that change doesn't happen in anything. If we go at it with like blame or shame. Right. And so I like the way that you were phrasing, you know, making change in small ways, but it's not, uh, we're here because of you, which is how I felt. I wasn't saying it, but it's how I felt like I am. Mm -hmm. I'm not enjoying sex. It's because you had an affair. And I'm still hurt Mm -hmm. instead Mm -hmm. of taking some ownership and, and saying, you know what? I also brought in some sexual trauma and then Mm -hmm. I allowed it to linger a bit too long before Mm -hmm. I got help. And even when I got help, I pushed away the sex part because I didn't Mm want to work on that part. Right. Yeah. So when I finally did is it's years in the making and I'm still working my way through it and changing my mind left and right. And I love Uh it. It's not an overnight like this is easy and this is, I'm healed. I'm great. I'm a no, goddess. <laughs> no, it's like making my way downtown, walking <laughs> faces past and I'm homebound. Like, you know, one day, oh, I love it. Homebound. one day you'll walk home to yourself and you'll feel so good in your body. Oh yes. And that's what we all want and what we deserve. Mm-hmm. 100%. I love that. Um, okay. So let's see, do you have, let's see, um, what advice do you have so that they, um, the listeners can be more intentional. You know, they listen to this podcast. They got some great nuggets. You gave some great nuggets of kind of where to start, but what if, how do we be more intentional about really having the pleasure we all deserve and giving it, giving and receiving. I think we get mixed up with just (laughs) receiving sometimes. (laughs) True. True. Being a generous lover is a part of becoming sexually powerful, right? Is Mm -hmm. giving is pleasurable as well when you can get in that mindset oh it's unstoppable because giving and receiving (laughs) is great yeah yeah totally Uh, I would say my advice for things to do to uh, enhance your sexuality in general would be two things that I want you to start doing is one uh, sexual meditation because it works uh, and it's 
great not only for sex, right? Like there's all kinds of peripheral benefits too. Yeah. Uh, the ability to focus, the calmness, the sensuality, like the ability to feel all your senses much more at a much more heightened level. So sexual meditation is the first thing that I think people should start uh, trying and see how mm-hmm. they feel. And then number two uh, things to do is uh, sex journaling. Okay. Can you talk a little bit about sex journaling, what that looks like for the listener? Yes. So for many of you, I'm sure are maybe already journaling in general, right? Mm -hmm. Like things that you're grateful for, uh, the things that you are concerned about, the things that you feel positive about. So add one, one little, you know, prompt that's about sex. It could be like, what do you love about yourself sexually? It could be, uh, how can you be more um, intentional about sex today or this week? But add anything that's sex related into your journaling routine, just one little thing. It takes like one or two minutes to write up, even if it's just one sentence answer. Like, I think it's great to keep it in your thought Mm -hmm. and keep it in your mind and your uh, repertoire. Uh, So definitely sex journaling is great. I love that. And it is the more, you know, we're thinking about it in healthy ways and wanting to improve it's naturally going to happen. Right. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> okay. So I did have one thing before I ask you your Buffalo moment with the meditation, because my audience, um, a lot of them have this history with the secrets of betrayal of in some form. And so I love the idea of the sexual meditation for females and males, mm-hmm. um, because it's, it's very much within you and rather than going and seeking it elsewhere. Um, so I think for my audience, especially that's a great place to start and safe, Mm -hmm. very safe. You can trust you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You You can trust you. And, uh, my favorite saying, one of my favorite sayings is maximum pleasure is for those who travel within. Oh, just think about that for a second because that, yeah, it speaks volumes. Mm -hmm. Um, Thank you for this. And of course. I can't let you go without you sharing your latest Buffalo moment. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm going to be honest here uh, and say, I thought about this quite a long time. Do I want to share my, you know, recent uh, small little kind of struggle that I mm-hmm. overcame through just charging through it? Or do I want to share my, uh, maybe not so recent, but it was a very big ap- change of my life the buffalo moment that changed my life and uh, i'm gonna be courageous here like you and like your listeners and share that really big moment that i uh, rarely talk about uh i was in a long-term uh, committed relationship some people would call marriage <laughs> and in this marriage i was uh you know checking every box it was mm-hmm. like on resume the best relationship ever Right. Uh, And based on our networks, like everyone around us, it's the best relationship ever. Uh, So great. You guys found each other. That's amazing. Right. And at the beginning, it felt amazing because I was just going through the motions and I didn't really stop and be self-reflexive and think about the things that I need in life and in a partnership. And so, you know, time uh, go on and on and I didn't realize until multiple years into it that um, I wasn't sexually happy. Mm. 
right? Because I looked, I looked past it because of how good everything else was. Okay. And this is the, the thing that I always teach my students is that, you know, sometimes like an issue in a long-term partnership is not like a huge issue all the time. Sometimes it's small little issues, but it's throughout the years. Mm-hmm. One day you realize you're walking on eggshells because if you step too hard, everything will break and you're so scared. Right. Yes. Yeah. So I was in this moment. I would be, I would, I mean, I would be crying like, you know, every few days or so because I don't know how to walk and move forward because I'm so afraid the eggshells will break. Mm. And I was in this position for a while until I decided to be the buffalo. And I'm like, F this. I'm gonna (laughs) I'm gonna charge through it. I'm gonna charge through the storm and pass it because I just I can't just sit here and watch the rain and Mm. watch the storm coming after me because I know the storm gets worse and worse like it's a tornado at this point (laughs) it's a monsoon right so uh I yeah I decided to have that sex talk and we split up because we didn't have the compatibility and here we are separately happily that's a big deal it, um, uh, yeah, I, I'm like, I feel like I'm going to cry because I actually don't really talk about this because when I go on other people's podcasts, they never talked about the one hard thing that you did. <laughs> and, you know, like typically it's about my work and research. But yeah, this was, this is a very special, you know, moment for me sharing about this because yeah, I was just, not a lot of people ask me about it. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing it with us and for being brave enough to go within and yeah. find your answers. Yeah. Cause that's really, I mean, you even mentioned it right before of learning to trust yourself, like you're safe for you. When you have that sexual meditation, you're safe with you when you go within and find those answers. And for anyone listening who struggles with trust issues, which is a lot of my listeners, mm-hmm. there are so many different ways we can start practicing to build trust. And that's a great one. I mean, it's a big one. Mm-hmm. But that was, I'm sure, a huge trust moment for you that what you were going to do, would you'd yes. be okay. Yes. Oh my gosh. Afterwards, I, I feel this sense of centeredness inside of me uh, and sense of confidence. And like, a, like, it's like a fuck yeah moment inside of me that I have not felt before that before. Mm. Okay. Well, and it's powerful. So I appreciate it. And I hope the listeners can, can hear that and see when, you know, they are going to have their moment where it's F this and I have to (laughs) follow my intuition or follow what my inner knowing is. And it may not end the way you want it to. Um, but it's that knowing you're okay. You got you, Mm -hmm. you are safe with you Mm -hmm. and you're in a relationship now. Yes. 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 So yes. we we will find happiness again. And I'm yes, one hundred percent. And now I when I started my current relationship, man, I made sure sex <laughs> talks was a huge part of our relationship. Literally every day, I talk about sex. I love it. And, and you know what? Like I found someone who loves doing the same thing. So I'm like, yeah. wow, awesome. This was easy. Yes, and we can learn. We learn yeah. from the patterns whether you stay in that relationship and say let's make change together and we're not going to repeat those patterns or the relationship ends and you start a new one differently. I think either way, it's burn the old and start something new. So, yes. thank you. Yes. Of course. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I loved this and I know that our listeners will as well. So, 
Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for being here with me today. Whether I was with you doing your dishes while you got ready or driving in your car. If you found a nugget in this episode, please take 30 seconds. You can click on the link below in the show notes and leave me a quick review over on iTunes, or you can share on social media or shoot me an email. It offers me your support without you having to spend a dime or much of your time. Until next time, be the buffalo.